0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I am Jake Skorheim, your host. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We really appreciate it. Do me a favor, though. If you haven't caught the first two hours of the show, go back, get the podcast, look up Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Anywhere you get your podcast, download it, mash down that follow button, whatever you got to do to make sure that it's delivered seamlessly right to your phone. It's in crystal clear HD. It just sounds great. You're just, it's like I'm going to be living inside your head. Who doesn't want that, right? Um, all right. I, I mentioned this earlier, but I do feel like I want to make sure that I'm tooting my own horn as much as possible. I was a hero this morning. So I'm driving back from my kid's school. I just dropped my son off at school this morning. Uh, I get to the intersection right near my house. Get to this intersection, and up ahead there's a car who's not moving. Like I'm, I'm a couple cars back from the light, but the light turns green. This car doesn't move. As anybody knows who sits in a line where the car doesn't move ahead of you, there's like this grace period that you give people. It's usually about two-tenths of a second, and then it, as soon as they'd stop, you know, as soon as they're not moving and they should be moving, you just assume they're looking at their phone or something, and then you lay on the horn and you start honking. I did not do this because I wasn't directly behind the car that was stopped. That's somebody else's responsibility. I mean, there's a, there's a chain of command, and I was behind these people, so it was their job. They did do it. They they honked. They actually honked a lot quicker than I would. So um, I was surprised when the car didn't move. And instead, what happens is the car door opens. Of this car, it's like a Subaru something. I don't know what it was. It's like a new looking Subaru. But the car door opens, and instead of somebody hopping out and saying like, "Oh, you know, my car's dead or something," this arm kind of just weakly sticks out. Like, and just kind of hangs there. And I'm like thinking, to and, and you can't see the driver, can't see anything, just these half gestures of this arm. And it, and it does, it's, I didn't know what was going on, but we've recently had some health issues in our family. And so I've ha- I just have this on my brain. I'm thinking to myself, my Lord, there's an old person in this car and they might be having some sort of an episode, a heart attack, maybe a stroke. I don't know what it is. So what I do is, because again, hero, I spring into action. I jump out of my car. Again, I'm like two or three cars back and there is a long line of cars behind me. It's a very busy intersection. It's not a ton of intersections in my area. So it's like the one intersection gets very crowded when people stop moving through it. So there's a bunch of cars behind me. There's two or three cars ahead of me. I get out of my car and I book it for this car because I'm thinking to myself, like somebody needs help. And I'm I'm not just gonna be the kind of guy who stands by when somebody needs help. So I run up to the car and I get to the door and I look in but it's not an old guy. It's just a dude like my age. And I'm kind of I'm trying to make this assessment on the fly as it's happening. And it's, you know, it's weird. I'm in the middle of an intersection, like right at the edge of an intersection. Traffic should be moving, but it's not. So you're kind of a little bit out of your body. It's just a weird experience. But I'm trying to keep my focus. And I look down at this guy. He's my age. He's not having a stroke. He's not having a seizure. And he's just kind of staring at his keys. He's holding his keys in his hand. He's just kind of staring at him. And I just like, I tell him, I'm like, ah, he, he notices that I'm there. I mean, he's aware of my presence. He doesn't look at me yet, but he's aware of my presence clearly. And I'm just like, oh, uh, is everything okay? I thought you were an old guy. I thought you were having like an episode or something. Is, Is everything okay? And he says, he says, no, it's not my car. Just shut off. I don't know what to do. And like what you don't do when your car shuts off is just sit there and let traffic pile up behind you. And so like, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of looking at him like, all right, well, how do I help this guy in this situation? I, I don't know anything about Subarus. I don't know how to fix his car. And then he looks at me. This is funny. Uh, it's like the first moment he's actually looked up at me. He looks up at me and he has this blank stare on his face and just like complete blank stare. His eyes, nothing. You know, it's like uh, that Quince beats and Jaws, like a doll's eyes, just nothing. He was, and it was, I would, what I was watching was, was a man who's just completely resigned to his fate. Because he didn't know how to fix his car, and he was ill-equipped for the situation, this is now where he was going to live. I think he was deciding. He was going to somehow have to make a life at this four-way stop intersection, or four-way intersection, whatever it was. But he's a grown man, and he's like, he should be capable of these things. It's a simple situation. Your car is not moving, so fix it. But he was not capable and he was not ready for it so i'm like is i is the car can you start the car i asked smartly but of course it's a dumb question obviously you couldn't start it and he goes no it won't start so i said all right is car neutral and he said yes and he's still trying again he's like he kind of still i don't know maybe something else is going on with him but he's still trying to process whatever's happening to him and i said all right i'm gonna give you a shove and then i watched it click into his eyes i let i saw it happen in his eyes this spark of hope yeah, a shove. Yeah, a, sho- <laughs> a shove might work. So he shuts the door and I give him a shove. And I, you know, like the, le- th- luckily there was a little bit of a downward slope. He probably could have done this on his own, actually. Like the normal thing for a guy to do, like a grown man, is to hop out of your car. You put one hand on the steering wheel, you put your right hand on the steering wheel, and with your left hand, you push your open door. You're pushing in the frame of your door. These are all things he could have done on his own. But I had to step in, and I had to push. And then I look like kind of a hero because, again, it's kind of a downward slope. So the car gets going up. I mean, he gets going pretty fast. It's just like me out there, just like kicking in my tennis shoes, moving. He's going quick now. And he gets off to the side road to kind of give him a final shove. And I say, yeah, good luck, and send him on his way. And he pulls over to the side of the road. And then I have to run back past these line of uh, of cars. Who, are all, who who have all just watched this, like nobody else jumped out of their car. Nobody else rose to the occasion like I did. And they're all watching me. The nice thing was, they actually kind of like every single car that I made eye contact with, and I kind of tried to make eye contact with, from, if I'm being honest. Uh, they all kind of like gave me a thumbs up. One lady was riding with, it looked like her old mom, uh, who gave me a little clap. Very impressed. Like the first three or five cars that I passed. Very impressed with my heroics of the day. But it did make me think, you know what? Every time, every, every once in a while, there's just like a guy for a situation. There's just a guy out there. And it's his time.
1: Sometimes there's a man. I won't say a hero. Because what's a hero? But sometimes there's a man. And I'm talking about the dude here. Sometimes there's a man. Well... He's the man for his time and place. He fits right in there, and that's the dude. And even if he's a lazy man, and the dude was most certainly that. I'm not lazy. Quite possibly the laziest in Los Angeles County. I don't live in that Which area. would place him high in a running for laziest worldwide. I'd agree with that. But sometimes there's a man. Sometimes there's a man. Yeah. Wow, lost my train of thought here.
0: You know what? I was, uh, again, I'm not trying to toot my own. I guess I am trying to toot my own horn. It's my radio show. I'm talking about myself doing a good deed. It was a simple good deed. Anybody could have done it, man or woman, anybody could have done it. But guess who did it? This guy, this guy right here. Uh, so uh, nobody needs to thank me. It's not a big deal. I mean, me talking about it to the largest radio audience in the Seattle area. That's thanks enough. The thousands and thousands of you that are now thinking of me as a hero. That's, that's enough. Thanks for me. That's all I need. And enough of these texts. I don't need you to text me and tell me what a hero I am. What's a hero anyway, right? I'm just a guy who stepped in and saw something that needed to happen. And I made that thing happen. And, uh, you know, that's just who I am. (laughs) All right. That's stupid. That whole thing was dumb. All right, let's move on. This actually did warm my heart, and when you're talking about a hero, I'm going to tell you about an actual hero. In fact, we're going to talk to this guy in just a little bit. Down in uh, down Tacoma Way, there was a guy uh, down in Tacoma Way, not on Tacoma Way, not the street. If, is that even a street? Does Tacoma have a street called Tacoma Way? It feels like it should. All right, so there's a store owner. There's a guy who owns a store there called Selena One Market in Tacoma. His name is Naif Kediman. He owns a store. He runs it with his wife, and the store gets robbed periodically from time to time. It's pretty lame. He doesn't like it. It's no fun. He's 70 years old, and he's decided he's had enough. So Tacoma Police Department released this video on their Facebook page. We've now posted it onto MyNorthwest.com. You can go check it out there. James Lynch went down and talked to this guy. And so I have a few cuts from James Lynch, but I, I decided to reach out and get him on the show. So we're going to call him in a little bit. We're going to get him on the show. You're going to hear from Nafe in yourself. Listen to what this guy did. This is fantastic.
1: Knife Ketterman and his wife run the Selena One Market in Tacoma. For the past year, he's kept a machete under the register for protection, something a knife-wielding robber didn't know when he walked into the market on Monday. When the bad guy pulled a knife, knife pulled his machete. He backed up there. He was shocked. Filled down right there. The man managed to run from the store, but was arrested the next day. James
0: Lynch, Cairo News Radio. So the store has this, uh, you know, um, uh... Store has this robbery happening, and he says, "Well, I got a machete with me, so I'm just going to handle this." This guy, and in the in the video, you can see this. The guy pulls out a diddly little knife, a tiny little knife, looks like a pocket knife, and knife, ironically, is pronounced knife. Uh, he pulls out a machete and says, "That's not a knife. This is a knife. Like no joke. That's what he said," which is a line from.
1: You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet.
0: Nick, give him your
1: wallet. What for? He's got a knife. (laughs) That's not a knife. That's a knife. Just kids having fun. You all right? I'm always all
0: right when I'm with you, Dundee. Uh, but this, in this case, this was not just kids having fun. This guy actually was arrested by the police. He was released later on that evening, I believe. The next day, he comes back to the store, and he's... Uh, or, I'm sorry, he was released the next day. And he returns to the store. And he... Uh, this is from the article. Uh, Knife says, he stood right there by the door and said, I'm com- I'm going to come back, rob you, and kill you. Knife then returned uh, by... Sa- Knife uh, then said... One step inside, and I'm going to fix you up. Knife is a man, isn't he? Jeez Louise. He put his foot down right there, and I hit him right here, Knife said, pointing to the man's chest, or pointing to his chest. Uh, police discourage robbery victims from resisting, advising business owners and other victims to just give up the cash, uh, to just give up the cash uh, and get out uh, to safety. Just don't expect that from Keteman. Me scared? No, he says. He was scared.
1: Were you afraid? Did it scare you? What were you thinking when you did that? Me scared or him? You. No, he was scared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love this guy. He's just no nonsense, no nonsense. And I love that he just like protected his store. I bet you his wife loved it too. I bet you she loved it a lot. campaign trail. Donald Trump really seemed to step in it. He does this from time to time because when he just goes up in front of a microphone, I've actually wondered, does he ever even have a planned speech? Does he even have a speech writer or does he just get up there and just like off the cuff, just kind of says whatever's on his mind? I think he's just kind of talking. I think just extemporaneously just talking. And so, the other day, he was talking about Nikki Haley and her campaign, and he kind of asked an odd question about her husband. He's taken a lot of shots at Nikki Haley, obviously. He calls her bird brain, he does, you know, he's, he's comment about the clothes she wears to different events, and this time, he decided to question her husband. And take a listen to this.
1: She brought her husband. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. What happened to her husband? What happened
0: to her husband?
1: Where is he? He's
0: gone. He knew. He knew. He's gone. Uh, I'm not sure what he's implying here. Maybe he's implying her husband uh, is a guy by the name of, uh, I think his name is Michael Haley. Um, So he was, I guess he was implying that maybe Michael Haley's decided that Nikki Haley's campaign is uh, not a viable one. And so has decided to just go off and do something else because uh, her campaign is... Can't possibly win Trump, who's ahead by like 30 points, even in her home state. He's just crushing her. But users on X were quick to point out to Donald Trump's question, where is her husband? That he's currently serving overseas in the South Carolina National Guard. Nikki Haley was also quick to point out at a campaign stop that uh, Trump should not be mocking combat veterans. But if you mock the service of a combat veteran. You don't deserve a driver's license, let alone being president of the United States. Then her husband, Michael Haley, again, he's the, for, the uh, aforementioned combat vet. He posted on X and it went viral with like millions and millions of views. He posted this picture of a wolf. And it was in response to this Trump statement that Trump made. And he uh, he posted a picture of a wolf, and then, you know, have seen memes before? And then on top of the wolf, there was a text that reads, the difference between humans and animals, question mark, animals would never allow the dumbest. And that's been seen by like millions and millions of people. So my thoughts are... I understand that Trump, you know, he wants to take shots at his political opponents. He always does so. He's famous for, you know, coming up with names. He calls Crooked Joe, Crooked Joe Biden. Uh, He called Chris Christie. Actually, he defended Chris Christie and said Chris Christie was not a fat pig, although he says that name many, many, many times in his defense. Um, And uh, but yeah, I I just not a good idea to pick on the family of your candidates that you're running at your uh, your political opponents. Just not a smart move, Trump. Did you use the
1: word smart? Don't ever use the word smart with me, because Ripley. you know what? There's nothing smart about you.
0: That's not nice, Trump. That's not nice. All right, let's check in on the Biden campaign. Uh, they actually picked up another key endorsement. I don't know if they'll be talking about this one much, but Vladimir Putin sat down for an interview on Russia state television, and he was asked who he'd like to see elected in our presidential election coming up, Biden or Trump. Now, this is in Russian. You're probably not going to be able to understand it unless you speak Russian but you do hear one very specific name here, right at the beginning.
1: Для нас кто лучше, Байден или Трамп?
0: Байден. Он человек более опытный, он прогнозируемый, он политик старой формации. Но мы будем работать
1: с любым лидером США, которому окажет доверие американский народ.
0: So again, I don't speak Russian, but Reuters actually was covering this, and Reuters actually had a uh, they had a. Uh, Translation of what of, of the interview, what he was saying. So Reuters said that Putin replied without hesitation, responding Biden, he is more experienced, predictable person, a politician of the old school, uh, emphasis on old, and that emphasis is mine. Um, he said, but we will work with any U.S. president who the American people have confidence in. Putin also said during the interview that the attacks over Biden's age at 81 and his mental fitness for office were, quote, getting more and more vicious. It's funny that Putin is uh, defending biden from vicious attacks about biden's age that's just interesting to me um putin recalled when the two actually met back in 2021 uh saying quote we're already saying uh people were already saying that biden wasn't competent but i saw nothing of the sort yes he looked at his notes and to be honest i looked at mine no big deal so he banged his head on the helicopter when he was getting out of it who hasn't banged their head on something i didn't know that biden banged his head on that thing um so you know, Putin seems to be thinking that Biden is the man for him. I don't think he has a vote, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But who knows? Some people might be swayed by that. President Biden, how do you feel about it?
1: Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. But I've been eating pasta, which I love, yeah. eating a lot of chicken, chicken Parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream.
0: Very interesting. Every time I hear Putin speak, I think about this movie. I love it so much. The soundtrack, everything is perfect. Do you guys know Hunt for Red October? Hunt for Red October is one of those movies that I can watch At any point, if I were to, if I still had TV, I don't have cable anymore. I've canceled that a while ago because I'm young and hip. Uh, But if I still did have cable and I still had TBS and they played that movie around the clock, anytime I would turn into that movie, I could happily watch the end of it. Now I just catch it on Netflix or whatever streamer. I look it up about once a year and I watch it. It's just one of those movies that I watched so many times when I was a kid that is now a part of my childhood and now it's just like a part of my brain. Do you guys have movies like that that just become a part of your brain? Red October is one of those for me. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I want to let you guys in on a little secret. I'm not a person who rides a ton of public transit. I did at one time in my life try to ride a few buses and I've ridden a few trains. I've gone on a few long trip uh, train train travel. <laughs> long trip train travel. I bu- I've gone on a few long train trips on like uh, Amtrak and stuff like that. But I don't tend to spend a lot of time riding public transit. And the reason for this is because, one, I value my time. And a lot of public transit takes a lot of time. Like if I wanted to ride the bus to my house from Seattle, I live up north. That would take a long time, like a very long time. And I just don't have enough hours in the day to ride public transit. The other reason I don't ride public transit is because like we did a study here on the show or not, we didn't do a study. We covered a study that UW did with, um, the, uh, folks who run many different public transits, like many different, uh, public transits in like in different counties. One of them was in King County, One of them was down in Portland. And they were trying to figure out how much, because some of the unions, uh, the bus driving unions and stuff, were saying, we don't know how safe these buses are because there's a lot of drug use that happens on these buses. There's a lot of bad things. And we're worried about the air quality and we're worried about the substances that are on the different surfaces of the buses. And when you hear a story like that and you think to yourself, like, you know, you're asking people. To get on these buses knowing that, you know, and the, and the test results did prove there's a lot of drugs, like just floating through the air. They said it's not to the point that you need to be worried about it, but you are breathing in this stuff at all times. There's just, in like 100% of the air samples that they tested, there was in various different counties from around the area, not just not just Washington, but in also in Oregon. In 100% of the air tests that they took, they found substances of illegal drugs. I'm sorry, 100% of the surfaces that they tested, they found, and then like a big part of the air that they tested, they found substances floating around the air, like bad drugs. And so when you think about people sitting and riding on those buses, and then you think about the people who are riding those buses who might be totally zonked out on drugs and doing crazy things. And you're stuck on a bus with somebody who's doing crazy things across from you. You're just desperately trying not to make eye contact. You're staring down at your phone, trying not to make eye contact. These are the reasons that I have decided to not ride public transit whenever I can avoid it. Now, if I'm going down to like a Mariners game or something like that, I'm actually still probably not riding public transit because I probably have some of my kids with me. And if I'm taking my kids with me, I'm certainly not getting on public transit. But that's enough about why I don't ride public transit. This is not only a problem here locally. This is apparently also a big problem in the Twin Cities. Listen to this. This is kind of crazy. There have been some incidents on the Twin Cities metro transit system, enough so that they decided they were going to start posting signs for the riders to let them know what kinds of behaviors were legal and also what kinds of behaviors were not legal when riding on a bus. And they posted these giant bright yellow signs right next to these platforms where people would either get on a bus or some sort of a light rail looking thing or a train and people would read these and go, okay, yeah, I guess I won't do those things. I was going to do them, I guess, but uh, I won't since you tell me not to. I'm going to read you some of these and I want you to try to figure out if you need these reminders before you get on a bus and I'm not trying to take anything away from people who ride the bus. Quite honestly, if I could count on how easy it would be if I could count on it being actually a savings of time and money because I hate paying for gas I could see myself riding a bus like in a carpool situation you know like I could get on at like one of the carpool stations um, or like a park and ride situation where I get on and I drive my car to that spot and then I ride the bus downtown I could see myself doing that if it's like a, a but but would I ride it all the time no absolutely not couldn't do it so, in again, this is not local, so don't start calling King County Metro or anything like that. This is Twin Cities Metro, which is not in our state even. So, they posted these signs, This and they're ridiculous, you guys. They're so ridiculous. I can't even believe they posted these. Again, bright yellow, and they they start it like this. They describe for the rider what the rider's role is when you step on board one of these transit vehicles. Here it goes. Your role as a rider. Transit vehicles and facilities are shared spaces and come with shared responsibilities. Your role as a rider applies anytime you use the transit system and ensures a clean, safe experience for all. So here's what's required whenever you ride one of these things. Number one, pay your fare. That seems kind of obvious, but I guess people need reminders. Pay as you get on the bus or be prepared to show proof of having paid to correct fare on a metro line. If you don't, you risk being issued a citation. All right, so here's the second one. and This is a big one. Wear shirts, bottoms, and shoes. So what they're asking there essentially is they're saying you should not be naked on one of these buses. Again, totally fair, and I know people ride these things, and they do all sorts of crazy things. So sometimes you might find somebody on a bus who doesn't have pants on. Now, I don't know why that person doesn't have pants on, but I like to keep a little distance from those people when I can. So I certainly wouldn't sit next to them on the bus. But the Metro is saying wear shirts, bottoms, and shoes. So that's a good one. Another one, keep your drinks covered. That's nice. They don't want you to spill your coffee on anybody sitting next to you. Another one, they said animals must be kept in a carrier. Uh, these are all pretty simple and not as crazy. They w- they certainly wouldn't denote me de- uh, uh, don't uh, having an entire segment dedicated to this sign. So here's why we're talking about this, because it starts going into crazyville here. Listen to this. They then get into the section that says illegal activity. And it says violators can be removed from transit property. Actions may result in added penalties. Interfering with the operator or movement of the vehicle. So they say do not bother the operator or hold up vehicles. Vandalizing or littering. That's bad. You don't want to vandalize the bus or litter. It says respect your bus stop, station, bus, or train by putting your garbage in appropriate containers. That's a very good one. Disorderly conduct like smoking, vaping, illegal drug use. That's not allowed. It's illegal and simply not allowed on board or at stops and stations, including e-cigarettes. And if you must smoke, leave the bus shelter or platform area, you also shouldn't be threatening or spitting on others. This, again, is total common sense. Don't spit on people you're riding the bus with. And then this is when it trips into crazyville. You also shouldn't be pooping or peeing on your transit property. It is not a public restroom, they write. Also, no sexual assault. The bus feels the need to remind you in the Twin Cities to not sexually assault anyone. Sexual contact without consent is forbidden on these buses. Great reminder. That's a good thing. We should all remember that. Walking on the tracks, trespassing, also something they highly discourage. They say that sexual or discriminatory harassment is also not allowed. Do not harass anyone while waiting or riding public transit. You're also not allowed to have a phone call on speaker. Now, for this one, I do not understand why this was grouped in with the craziness of pooping and peeing and sexual assault. I would much rather sit next to somebody who is talking loudly on a phone call, on speaker. That's not a big deal for me. It's a much bigger deal if I see somebody pooping or peeing or threatening to sexually assault me. That's the one I'd want to avoid. But somebody talking on their phone, that's not a big deal. Also, they say don't be gambling, don't be soliciting or panhandling, and try to avoid flammable objects when you ride the bus. So if you're in the Twin Cities metro area and you had any questions about what kind of behavior was acceptable on the buses as you ride, now you know. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show, so don't miss a bit. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with
1: Jake Skorheim.
0: Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm not sure you guys saw this, but I thought this was just such a funny story. You guys know who the actor Tom Holland is? Of course you do. If you have kids or if you're a vaguely young person. Tom Holland is a massive superstar in the world of Marvel. He stars as Spider Man, and of course, he has been in all the Avengers movies, and he is Tony Stark's young protege in the movies. He's just, he's everywhere. He's very, very good. He's actually really, really good in the role, and the Spider Man movies are really good because I really think that the Spider Man movies are geared more towards a more appropriately comic book age audience. I mean, I know they make a lot of these comic book movies and they try to make them apply to everyone and they try to make them serve an older audience. But the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies really do feel like they are targeted at a younger teen audience or maybe even younger than younger teen audience, like 11, 12 year old, specifically boys. And I have three sons and my sons love the Spider-Man movies. No surprise. So Tom Holland is a big hit in my house. But there's another guy whose name is Tom Hollander, D-E-R, Tom Hollander, it's very close to Tom Holland, but it's Tom Hollander, who is also an actor. Now, my kids have no idea who Tom Hollander is, and why would they? Because he's an English actor. Tom Holland himself, the Spider-Man guy, he's also an English actor, but he's young and a superstar. This other guy is more of a character actor, and he's been in a bunch of big stuff, don't get me wrong. He was just in the latest season of White Lotus, which is a great show, and he's been in Pride and, Prejudice, Pride and Prejudice. He's been on the BBC, a ton of stuff on the BBC. He was the bad guy in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies about 10, 15 years ago, and he's a really great actor. And he's also in his like 50s, maybe he's like almost 60 years old or something, but he is, uh, he's really, really good. But he's not Tom Holland. And he has this really funny story that he told the other night on uh, uh, Late Night with Seth Myers, and he was talking about how he has been mistaken for Tom Holland before, not in looks and not in the movies, but by their accountants, because they both were at the same agency, represented both of them for the same time, at the same time, uh, for a brief period of time. And he details a hilarious story about one time when they reached out to him and said, hey, we've got your check, like a big check for starring in The Avengers because they thought they were talking to Tom Holland but they were actually talking to Tom Hollander and here's that story. I have to ask you uh I feel like it's almost the elephant in the room. Uh there's an actor named Tom Holland. Oh yeah. <laughs> Does that ever do people ever um make that error? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, it's been very difficult. Yeah. Cuz you know, I was here first. Yeah. Um But uh He's, he's enormously famous. So I, I uh, it obviously, I don't actually get mistaken for him, but, but in, in non-visual uh, contexts, I am mistaken for him all the time. So like people in the accounts department of my agency got confused and we were with the same agency um, briefly. And... Uh, <laughs> And it was it was a terrible moment. I, I went to see my friend who was doing theatre in England, and uh, and for three hundred pounds a week, you know, and uh, but doing great work, Chekhov. And I sat smugly in the audience, having just done a BBC show for thirty grand or something, which was you know going to get me through the next year or so. And I was thinking, well, this is marvelous. I'm very prosperous. But my good friend Peter is doing this great play, and I'm going to go afterwards and see him and slightly patronize him and say what, how wonderful <laughs> it was. And, uh, and then the interval came and I thought I'd check my emails and I got an email from the agency saying, um, payment advice lit, your um, first box office bonus f- for the Avengers. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm in the Avengers. And it was um, it was an astonishing amount of money. And it was it was not his salary, it was it was his first box office bonus. <laughs> not the whole box office, the first one. And it was more money than I've ever, it was it was a seven-figure sum. Yeah.
0: And they he had was, to send it in two me two emails. He was he was
1: he was twenty or something. So my feeling of smugness that you remember I had in the first half <laughs> disappeared very quickly. But that's showbiz. It's uh, <laughs> it's up, it's down, it's hero, it's zero. You're always yeah.
0: one email away from having yeah, your whole life turned upside loser. down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's so funny. His delivery when he says that they're at the same agency, we were at the same agency briefly. I mean, it's so funny. I think that's just a hilarious story. I appreciate it very much. The English delivery, the dryness of the English humor Just kills me every single time. I can't get enough of it. But anyway, if you get a chance, watch some of those Tom Holland Spider-Man movies and also watch some Tom Hollander BBC movies. They're also very, very good. You'll enjoy them, I promise you. All right, we have a lot more coming up on the show. And do me a favor. If you have not downloaded the podcast yet, please do. I promise you're going to get a lot of great entertainment. You're going to get hours and hours of free entertainment that you're just going to love in crystal clear, high-definition audio delivered to your phone every single day five days a week and guess what the price is nothing for free all you have to do is mash down the follow button and then you're going to have hours and hours of endlessly wonderful entertainment it's just going to be such a treat for you i just know it so download it you're going to love it all right we got a lot more coming up on the show so stick around we're going to be right back here on kyra nights